Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the post-game edition of Shout at Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Shout uh, by Tops Friendly Markets. Excuse me. Uh, are you ready for Slider Sunday? Every time you visit slidersunday.com, you have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gear, trips, and more. One chance per day. No purchase necessary. And I know nobody wants to hear that right now after what was a, a debilitating, disappointing discouraging Buffalo Bills loss against the Cincinnati Bengals in a way that just felt, it felt like a helpless team, Ryan. Like it felt like a helpless team searching for answers that they just couldn't find in time before the end of the game. Uh, The final score 24 to 18 uh, and the game wasn't as close as the final score indicated, but the bills with two, turnovers in this game to zero for the Bengals, which what we talked about going into this game, this is what this Bengals team does. If you, if you give the ball away, they're going to make you pay for it. And um, over the course of this game, I didn't think at halftime, I'd be talking about a valiant defensive effort from the bills for as bad as things went early in this game. But that's what it ended up being with being at every turn. I thought the bills defense tried to keep the bills in this game and the offense abandoned them. Yeah, that, that's hundred percent it, Matt. Listen, this was already a defense that was shorthanded going into this game. Uh, you lose Terrell Bernard, you lose Micah Hyde. Uh, you're down other players as well. You're, you're using Josh Norman late in this game because Benford has a hamstring injury pop up for him. And yet they hold this Bengals team to three points in the second half. Yes, they let up 21 in the first half. They had a lot of issues, but the adjustments were there. The effort was there. The plays were there. All the opportunities for the Bills offense to get back into the game and climb back into this one were available to them. And, you know, they came very close on one drive. Dalton Kincaid has the ball punched out. Picture perfect play by uh, Pratt on that defense of the Bengals. Uh, As they're marching down the field, they score late. But like you said, the final score really doesn't indicate – 
how you know how close or not close this game felt at times. It felt like this offense is still the problem for this team, which is the most baffling part. There was a, a graphic mat on tonight's game. The Bills are one of four teams in the league that have had the same offensive line all season long. Uh, they're healthy at wide receiver. They're healthy at most positions minus tight end where they've lost a few guys this year, and yet they still have not figured out how to get into some kind of rhythm and look like the offense that we've seen in years past. I mean, I'm I'm almost tired of hearing the rhythm line. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the go-to quote after the game, right? I'm, I'm reading it from Josh Allen. We've just got to find a way to get into a rhythm. Come out on the opening drive, have some success moving the ball, uh, there was a lull there, and we didn't really score until late in the fourth. And it was more than a lull. It was a, it was just a creativity void that happened after what was an explosive start. It's one of the things I wrote about uh, during the game. You have this great start, and then you abandon it completely. You go to this approach where this this idea that you have to force feed runs into the, the flow of the game. This this game called for the swagger that Josh Allen brought to the field on that first drive. And to me, once it felt like they went off the script, because whatever the script was at the beginning from Ken Dorsey, it, it worked. I mean, they went out there and they executed pretty, pretty well, and they even overcame a mistake. I mean, there was a drop on a pass to Dalton Kincaid. They came back to him later in the drive. He made up for it. But there was a mistake on that on that drive. They came, they overcame it. They score a touchdown to start. They go tit for tat with 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 Cincinnati, who came out and oh by the way, Zach Taylor wins the coin toss, takes the ball because he knows the value in this league when you have elite offenses run by elite quarterbacks. The value in getting the ball first and scoring first is much better than playing this defensive. Um, hold them until we get a chance in the second half, weird, outdated mentality. It's outdated. And I think that to me, the biggest takeaway I have after nine games this season is that we talked about Sean McDermott's approval rating be going into the season. It has somehow found a way to sink over the nine, nine weeks that we've seen them play. And I feel like when they get down in games, it's not that the bills, that Bills fans think that the defense necessarily by itself is going to be the one that lets them down. It's just this identity, this 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 safe approach that they take in so many of the decisions that they make, which was actually – it's kind of makes you want to pull your hair out because late in the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown, then they go for two points. Super aggressive move. You saw one point in this game where on Cincinnati, fourth and two, where you think – all right, send Joe Burrow out there. They're at the 48-yard line. Go get two yards and keep a drive going and try to, like, step on the neck. Uh, I-, I thought that was a little bit uncharacteristic. It just feels like they have this great elite quarterback in Josh Allen and this great player in Stephon Diggs, this offensive line that you mentioned, and it's almost like at times they're afraid to lean into what they have to lean into, tempo, um, you know, uh, no huddle, Josh Allen running to make it what it really truly needs to be, especially in games against other elite teams like the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at one week ago against Tampa Bay versus tonight. Up tempo early on, they figure things out, they get into a rhythm, they wait long into this game. And after the game, Josh Allen said, 
that was just part of the game plan for tonight and really didn't get into much more than that. Sean McDermott said he'd have to go in and get more answers on that as well. You go away from something that's working, that just doesn't make any sense to me. That's baffling to me. It might have been you want to limit the possessions of the Bengals, keep them off the field. But again, that's also old school thinking. If your offense is firing in all cylinders when you're up tempo and you and you can put up points on the board, who cares how many times the Bengals have the ball? I'd rather see it be a shootout rather than trying to hold the ball for these long, sustained drives. Gabe Davis a week ago is getting the ball in these short uh, areas and letting him run after the catch. He has zero catches tonight. Uh, a few targets go his way. This team is not playing the way they need to play. And it, also the run game needs to get more involved. I, I know that this is a pass-heavy offense, but they're, the way they're utilizing James Cook is not a good usage of him and his skill set. Uh, they're running the ball late in that game when they scored the touchdown. Uh, it was almost too little too late at that point. So the balance isn't there. There's just a lot of things wrong with this offense. Uh, there's a few plays that, that uh, Sean McDermott mentioned tonight that Josh Allen had time in the pocket. It just seemed like no one was open. So who's to blame for that? Is it the wide receivers that's not creating separation? Is it the design of the play? Uh, I feel like I've seen too many play designs from Ken Dorsey where you have two wide receivers in the same area over and over and over again, and that shouldn't continue to happen. So a lot of mistakes on that side of the ball that just haven't been getting cleaned up, and it really shouldn't be the case at this point in the season nine games in. Yeah, and I mean, we, we have to have a Gabe Davis conversation, I think, uh, at this stage. You know, people talking about it in the comments quite a bit here. And you look at just the outline of this game. You know, Gabe Davis was the first player that I noticed leaving the locker room. Uh, he usually, you know, ends up kind of hanging around and, and kind of, especially after a loss, like hanging at his locker, um, you know, disappointed, obviously, maybe talking to Stefan Diggs. There was none of that today. He wanted out of there. Um Two targets for Gabe Davis in this game. No, no catches. You know, on that throw to the end zone, I I did notice on the replay that it looked like the defender grabbed his face mask, um, which is fair. But just the impact on this game wasn't there from Gabe Davis. And I think that Khalil Shakir over the last three or four weeks has you know surpassed Gabe in the sense of impact on the offense. I'm also seeing a lot of stuff about the referees and we can get into a lot of that stuff that that weird phantom uh, grounding call on what was, you know, just a miscommunication between Allen and uh, Davis on the route, which, by the way, who I don't know who it's hard to place the blame on, on Gabe Davis on that. We don't know who who really made the mess up there. But again, a play that he's involved in, he's got to make the Tim Settle play, which was absolutely egregious. The. uh uh, roughing the passer call, but did everybody watch football today? Referees in 2023 are historically bad. Horrendous. You should go into ev- horrendous, go into every game knowing you're going to have four or five calls that are just mind boggling that you have to overcome. And to me, the way this offense looked on that first drive, the way it looked on the other scoring drive in the fourth quarter, when they went, what was the what was the touchdown drive? Twelve plays, seventy-five yards. So it was a little bit more of a um, balanced drive there, uh, longer drive as opposed to the seven-play drive uh, that went eighty-five yards, which was a little bit more obviously pass-heavy. They didn't run one single time on that on that possession. They bookended uh, their entire game. I mean, it's I, I get finding the rhythm, but to me, 
Ryan, do you think it's Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey not on a, on the same page? Do you think it's in-game adjustments or directives coming from Sean McDermott to Ken Dorsey and then Dorsey trying to appease Sean McDermott's um, perceived identity in-game that's like making all of this kind of muddled and the Bills left without real answers in-game when they're sputtering? Yeah, I, I don't know if it is something in game. And again, maybe Sean McDermott was just protecting himself with, oh, I'm not sure why we didn't go up tempo sooner and uh, something I need to talk about and, and things like that. I know that he is involved in the game plans going to the week. He said as much this season. We've talked about it on the show. But in game, I, I just feel like Ken Dorsey sometimes loses a feeling for what he needs to do in a given game. And uh, at times that he just doesn't have a good feel for what's going on. And uh, some of it's on Josh Allen. He had a horrendous interception in this game, a terrible throw early on. There's times where he's just off the mark a little bit. But overall, it falls to me on Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is not getting the job done. Last year, first year, I kind of understood it. Uh, the whole kind of learning on the job, learning on the fly. He's improved in some areas. There's no doubt about that. This offense has taken a step back this year, despite having plenty of talent, being overall very healthy on that side of the ball. They've taken a clear step back, and to me, that has to fall just solely on the shoulders of Ken Dorsey. On the defensive side, listen, you sack Joe Burrow one time. You get a hit on the quarterback, one, two, three, four, uh, five, seven total six, hits. seven times, seven total hits. Um, I think Greg Rousseau is playing injured uh, again this season. He doesn't look like the same player that he did earlier in the season. So that's one issue that you have to deal with. Obviously, Von Miller is not the version of Von Miller that we saw through eight games last season. Uh, he flashed nicely on a play today, which led to the lone sack. He didn't get it, but Leonard Floyd and um, Jordan Phillips converged. And I thought a big piece of that play was, was Miller's pressure. And he said, today was the best he's felt, which is an encouraging sign. The problem is, Ryan, they're sitting here at five and four in an AFC that's absolutely stockpiled with talented teams from that average, that mediocre level that are finding ways to win games. I mean, how about that Houston Texans team who's yeah. like they're just a plucky like team that's going to continue to get better behind a quarterback who all of a sudden seems like the real deal in C.J. Stroud. You have a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's out there that just keeps winning. You have the Bengals, the Ravens who look like maybe the, the conference is best or maybe the 1B to the Chiefs 1A because the Chiefs, no matter what happens, even when their offense doesn't find a way to figure it out consistently, they do just enough like they did today and they shut down the Miami, Miami offense for most of that game. And I just feel like there isn't enough, I know I keep coming back to it, answers to be searching for answers at this stage. I feel like we did. There is a good parallel to 2021 because I feel like we were having these same podcasts after games. Then the win loss, win loss, win loss, the up and down, up and down. And then they just, it clicked at the right time. They, they, they kind of used that momentum from the last three or four games and pushed it into the playoffs. That's the hope. The problem is the gauntlet that lays ahead in this schedule. Yeah, the schedule is brutal coming up here. Obviously, you have the Denver Broncos this week. But if you, if you look down the line at some of the teams that this team has to play, you still have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Broncos. 
or I'm sorry, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you you have some loaded, loaded teams, and the Bills have let some wins get away from them in this uh, this year early on, and and you can't get those back. And you know, the difference between a few years ago in 2021, where they were seven and six at one point, got hot at the right time. Uh, th- this overall division, AFC East in general, is not as competitive as it is this year. You have a Jets team that is finding ways to win ugly. Uh, with poor quarterback play. You have a Miami Dolphins team that is still atop the division despite their loss against the Kansas City Chiefs today. You have a, a Patriots team that, yes, they're not so much in the mix anymore, but they've knocked off the Bills once this season. That's a game that they had to have. So all of a sudden you have a, a tougher AFC East. The AFC North, as you mentioned, has four teams that right now would qualify for the playoffs. Uh, some some quality football being played in the South there, like you said, from like the Houston Texans type of teams. And then obviously have a team like the Chiefs. So the, the Bills are just kind of meandering there in the middle. They're not playing a good brand of football. And, and just expect things are, you know, lightning to strike twice and things to get right at the right time. That's all well and good. But you, you look at the teams remaining on their schedule and the fact that they have to get to that 10-11 win range, it's it's really hard to find that path unless something really goes right all of a sudden. Um, not a lot went right tonight, but uh, we're going to be there for you all week long on the Shout Buffalo Bills Insider text line. Uh, you can become a subscriber at 716-528-6727. That gives you a two-week free trial if you sign up for the first time. Uh, $3.99 a month after that. And the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call, 716-852-1234, or check out LetroLaw.com. The injury front on the defense, Ryan, is pretty wild. I mean, Terrell Bernard goes out of this game. You know, I thought Tyrell Dotson had a bit of an up-and-down game. There were plays, especially in the first half, when the Bills were getting kind of gashed, where it wasn't pretty on a couple of those plays. I thought he could have read the run play on the touchdown a little bit more better, the, the mix and run. Um, he also had a play where I think he missed a tackle on the tight end. Um, I can't remember exactly what play it was, but in the second half, I thought he made a couple of big plays, including a huge tackle on a fourth down pass that gave the Bills offense back the ball. So you have Dotson, who, who started at outside linebacker. He goes over to middle. When Terrell Bernard leaves the game, Dorian Williams comes in at outside. You have a rotation going on between Dane Jackson and Rasul Douglas, who's in his first game with the Bills. Dane Jackson might be the best defensive player on the field for the Bills in this game, but he's as part part of this rotation. He ends up getting hurt in the game, as does Christian Benford. Benford uh, retweaks his hamstring. We don't know the injury for Jackson. Was it a stinger? Did they say something? No, that was Micah Hyde. Um, I'm not sure if we know the the exact injury on Dane Jackson. So a bad situation goes from bad to worse, Ryan, as you look ahead to next week in the Broncos and who are, I I believe they were, were they on a bye this week? Uh, They may have been. There was quite a few teams on buys this week. I can't, they haven't. Yeah, I believe they beat, they beat the chiefs last week, right? Right. So they're coming off of a bye. They get a huge long two weeks to prepare for the Bills, and who knows what's going on at cornerback. It was so bad at the end that they had Russell Douglas in and Josh Norman. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty telling in terms of the depth on this team 
uh, at the cornerback position that you're leaning on Josh Norman and you know Norman felt like he was held on that last run play and he may have been but he's just he's not a player you need or want out there for significant reps at this point in his career and yet that might be where the Bills are. Rasul Douglas in his first game, I thought he did some things pretty well, um, considering he's only been here for, what, two practices and, and getting acclimated to this team. But Dane Jackson was the star of the show in that secondary tonight. He was uh, everywhere. He was making some great plays. He did get beaten once or twice, obviously, uh, in a very tough matchup. But he held his own. He seemed fired up. Uh, but if you don't have him or if you're missing him and or Benford, this is going to be a very tough game, even against uh, you know against a Denver Broncos team that is playing a better brand of football as of late. Uh, let's get into the other new player in the mix for the Bills, Linval Joseph, who ends up getting the call over Puna, Puna Ford, who you know just can't get a jersey, and I, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of heat came at that decision when inactives were announced, and I thought Tim Settle actually played one of his better games. Today, uh, I thought he was pretty good. I thought that, you know, just that one pass rush win to get a hit on the quarterback early like that, even though it ended up leading to a penalty, you can't control that. You can only, you know, try to play the way that you're playing. And I thought that was a huge uh, boost for the Bills. Uh, I also thought Linval Joseph at times played really well off the couch. We'll get a look at his snap count in the morning. Um, I don't know if we saw enough from Ed Oliver. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. Uh, I, I didn't feel like we were hearing a lot. Uh, of his name in this game or, or seeing him flash. I wonder how much he's still dealing with that injury as well. And, it, you know, this becomes the storyline every year, you know, with Ed Oliver, with Greg Rousseau, you know, obviously Von Miller's coming back from the injury. It, you know, the Bills are just, for, for as good as things were through the first couple of years of McDermott in Buffalo, man, have they just been bad injury-wise the last couple. Yeah, the last two years especially, they have been really banged up. On the defense side of the ball, Linval Joseph, like you said, comes in off the couch, makes some uh, key plays, including one on a QB sneak by Joe Burrow to keep him from uh, moving the chains. But you might be dealing with injuries along that entire line. There was times this year that I thought that, um, you know, Leonard Floyd was playing through an injury. He was There was three or four times it looked like he got banged up in that Jacksonville game in London. He just stayed on the field, stayed on the field, showed his toughness. You might be dealing with a Rousseau injury at Oliver. We've already talked about losing Bernard and having to go with Dorian Williams and then Tyrell Dodson. And then the back end, Micah Hyde takes a cheap uh, shot from Vorson at the end of a play, and uh, he leaves the game after that, and he had been previously banged up in this one. So cornerback depth is, is which we just talked about in the last segment, all beat up. One of your star safeties is beat up. The linebacker position's in rough shape, as is your D-line it's tough to contend. It's tough to win games in, in this league when you're, you know, when your depth is tested that much. I know Sean McDermott loves to say next man up, uh, but when that next man up is literally coming off the couch in, in some scenarios and uh, just getting here to Buffalo and having to play meaningful reps or a 35 year old cornerback uh, that didn't play much last year in Carolina, but it might have to play a, a larger role here. That's worrisome. Um, I want to go somewhere next. I'm just responding to RJ in the comments. He's asking about my haircut. Um, I guess I could just say it. I don't have to type it. I get a ball fade, bro. That's what I've been doing recently. Um, I used to get like a one 
but for some reason lately I've been going with the ball that started in the summer because I want I love that feeling. Like I'm I think it's because I spend so much time with you That's that right. I get to see your beautiful bald head. And, and and so I like I like just feeling the air uh on my neck. I will say my son is growing out his hair super long and uh, I keep trying to get him to cut it and he is just hanging in tough. Uh, but every time I see him, I'm like, man, I gotta go get a haircut because like it just it makes me too hot. I don't know. I can't I can't deal with it. That's amazing that your son's haircut is what makes you want to keep your hair shorter. I love that. Yes. Um, and he doesn't listen to me ever. He will not, will not let me cut it. Um, let's get on to Vaughn Miller real quick because I've seen this like consistently in the comments and like on, on social media that Vaughn was a waste of money. Vaughn was a bad deal because, I mean, how can you predict, predict what happened? happened to him and now what he's working back from when it happened in the season last year to now. And I know it's a tough situation because of everything that's happened with Tredavious white, you pay him that big money and you know, it, the, 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 the return off of that, it doesn't feel like it, it, it equals what you, what you paid. Right. But with Vaughn, like I'm not closing the door on him finding a way back to what he was or something close to that this season. Like I, I just don't think, it's going to happen overnight. And I think part of the problem is when you lose the players like, like they have with Jones and Milano specifically, like if we were making a power ranking list, I think both of those guys would have been in probably our top three in terms of guys you couldn't lose off this defense. And now they're gone and they're, they're working through trying to reimagine things. I I don't think the defense is the problem in this game. Uh, As crazy as that is the sound, because they didn't look like they could stop anything that the, the Bengals were doing in the first half. And look at you, you look at the overall team stuff, eight for 15 on third down, 23 first downs, uh, one for two on fourth down, 397 total yards. I mean, the Bengals offense, they played well, but in the end they had the ball nine times. And you, as the bills forced them into no points on five of those possessions. That's not bad against this team. And I think most of the time going into this game, if you take the overarching feeling of this Bills offense over the last three years under Josh Allen, and you say, you do that in a game against the Bengals, you hold them to scores on four drives, can you win that game? Yeah. Like, I think most Bills fans would say, yeah, without without even blinking. And, And they're just at a place right now with this offense where whatever has led to the inconsistency in a year where the offensive line has had this unbelievable continuity, it's, it's puzzling, right? And it's a puzzle. They got to figure out a way to, to solve. Yeah. You know, first and foremost on the Von Miller front, you know, I, cause I'm seeing all the comments in here. They were the Super Bowl favorite last year and essentially Brandon Bean pushed his chips all in saying that Von Miller was going to be that missing piece to get them over the top. And early on in the year, it was working. The bills paths Pass rush was amongst the best in the league. Von Miller was very productive. So, yes, to those in the comments saying you can predict injuries due to age and injury history and things like that, sure. I mean, there's something to be said about that. But it was working early on in that season last year, and it was a move that Brandon Bean was aggressive to pursue. So right now you can look at it and say it wasn't worth the money. He missed all of the second half of last year. He's coming back, and he's not looking like himself. But at the time, the move made sense. It was what the Bills were missing up front. But going back to the talking point of this overall game, 
If you were to say that the Bills could hold the Bengals to 24 points, I think every fan going into that game would say, yes, I'll take that. I'll sign up for that because this Bengals team can be just as explosive as any other team in this league. Uh, you're shorthanded on defense. So the, the defense did a nice job in this matchup to really limit the points, limit the scoring opportunities. I know the Bengals did end up getting a lot of yards in this game, uh, but all things considered, it was not the defensive side of the ball that cost the team this, this game. It was the offense once again failing to show up and consistently play over four quarters. Mm-hmm. There are you. Um, I. Uh, what were you saying there? Sorry. No, it's okay. Just tonight, the the lands on the offense's shoulders. The fact that yes. now year two of Ken Dorsey, we're still not seeing complete four quarter games. Uh, it's concerning. It's very concerning at this point. Yeah, it is concerning. And I and I think offensively for the Bills, one of my biggest concerns that Sean McDermott said tonight in his press conference was about the about the offense <laughs> not having not not knowing what was happening. And then also part of that seeing even in the game, spending time with the defense like he does as the coordinator, guys not being open, wide receivers not being open, playmakers not being open. That's a problem. To me, that's a that that's a Ken Dorsey problem, right? Like that's a diagramming the offense. Like what play calls are you are you putting out there? Um, what kind of adjustments are you making to the way that the defense is playing you? And this is a defense led by Lou Anarumo that had all of the answers for everything Dorsey tried in the playoff game last year. And I'm just not sure there were enough adjustments overall. And then within the game to get guys open until late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's concerning. And listen, the way that they're using Dalton Kincaid now, he's getting open. He's doing a nice job. Stefan Diggs, when teams play him without using the double coverage, uh, without putting double teaming him, he obviously can get open. It's the other players that need to get open on a more consistent basis. Gabe Davis did not uh, come up in tonight in terms of getting open. And again, it might have been his usage. The fact that they didn't try to get it to him in the short passing game and let him you, you know, uh, get the yards after the catch. Trent Sherfield saw a bigger role. Deontay Hardy was targeted once downfield. Um, Khalil Shakir, again, nice game tonight. I still think there's areas where Josh Allen can improve. I think getting it out to your backs and in the coming out of the backfield is an area where we, this offense just doesn't do that enough. I think James cook is open a fair amount of the time and where cook has some pitfalls as well. I feel like he tries to kind of dance around a little bit to get extra yards at times. And it costs him. There was one catch tonight where if he just runs it straight ahead, he gets the first down with ease. He ends up falling a yard or two short, but, get your backs more involved in the passing game when they're, they're coming out of the backfield and you see them on in those little outlet areas. Um, but some of it too, is this play design. It, it's Ken Dorsey having too many guys in one area uh, or two players in one area. Sometimes it's just the fact that they don't have true separators off the line minus Diggs and Kincaid. Uh, I think that was an award-winning moment for the show. Yeah. Um, Gentleman, very off. nice gentleman, was right next. He was literally standing right over my shoulder, and I think he was trying to turn all the TVs off, but he was talking to me, I think, and I was trying to listen to you while he was talking to me. It was 
there's a lot going on in that moment, Ryan. And I'm really exhausted. So that it was playing tricks on me there. So I apologize about <laughs> that. People were like, somebody made a comment like, this is no laughing matter, Matt, obviously with what happened. And I'm kind of like trying not to bust the cut in here laughing. Um, anyway, it, it is what it is. Listen, I think we'll be able to more clearly figure out with the, this offense and what's going wrong for it as we move through the week and we get a chance to talk to everybody like the frustrating part is like you know the answers that are coming from sean mcdermott after the game it's yeah not complimentary football not not complimentary football we 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 weren't consistent enough we didn't we didn't do uh we didn't score enough points that's my favorite we didn't score enough points to win the game thank you um that is i'm gonna i'm gonna lead my story with that because that is that's brilliant um, but over the course of the week, when they do get a chance to look at the film, I do feel like they respond and kind of paint a better picture for what's going on. And we'll be able to kind of dive into, um, it from, uh, watching the game back and, and, and kind of figuring it out. Are you worried at all about Stefan Diggs and apparently at halftime today have walking off the field frustrated and saying, um, I'm not even sweating. Uh, as he kind of walked into the locker room, according to one of the the uh, Cincinnati uh, TV reporters, he didn't look happy down there at times, and he didn't look happy on a stool. And listen, I these moments are starting to stack up for Stefan Diggs, like these big situation, big game, disappointing losses where it feels like the offense is spinning its wheels. Yeah, and, and when it comes to digs, yeah, I mean, there's a little level of concern. We we know something happened uh, that he was upset upset with at the end of last season. There was the whole thing this summer where he was away for one uh, day to kind of clear his thoughts and, and to kind of get back on track with his team. He thought, you know, he thinks he was coming back to a Super Bowl contender, and this is a team that's five and four now, and he probably wants to have a bigger part in fixing what's wrong and there are times that defenses are taking that away but I'm sure there are also times where he thinks he's open and he very, very well may be and he's just not getting the ball uh it's a fine line to ride because early in the season there were fans complaining that Allen was pressing to get digs the ball too much and that was hurting this Bills offense so it's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't uh in some games and some scenarios it feels like but I, un- I do understand the frustration coming for Stefan Diggs because this is your number one guy. This is the guy that you want to uh, – that wants to be a difference maker for you. And maybe he's frustrated in terms of how he's being used. If they're double teaming me, why can't we do X, Y, or Z? Why can't they line him up in different ways, put him in motion, uh, do things that we see other teams do with their top receivers? I'm sure there are answers. I'm sure that he probably has some ideas that – uh, he's pitched or could pitch to get more involved in this offense. But, yeah, I, I'm definitely concerned because this is someone that uh, at times, again, is kind of showing that emotional side, and rightfully so because, you know, the, you are what your record says you are. And right now the Bills are not a playoff team at 5-4. and four. Yeah, that's where I wanted to finish. The Bills are not a playoff team right now. They sit at 5-4. and four. They're 2-4 and four in the AFC. They're um, – Where's their division record? Is it one in two, right? One and two. And then you look at 
<clears throat> can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear you? Um, something's going on with my mic. Um, as long as you can hear me, I guess that's all that matters. Cincinnati is the team that just, you know, coming off that San Francisco game and then what they just did to the Bills, sitting at five and three, they're the seventh seed. You have a Cleveland team that just keeps finding ways to win. A Pittsburgh team keeps finding ways to win. A Miami team that has a cream puff schedule over the next five weeks. The Miami Dolphins, Ryan, I mean, dude, it is, it's a cakewalk. And they've proven without a doubt they beat bad teams. The Raiders, the Jets twice in, in that span, which those the, you might split there. They're a good defense. Uh, they'll probably have some answers for the Miami offense. We'll see. Commanders and Titans. Like those are, that's a brutal, that's, if you're the Bills, that's a brutal stretch. When in the same time you got to go play the Eagles, you got to go play the Cowboys, uh, the Chiefs. Like it doesn't even the Broncos. I'm running in football. It's not an easy game with the way that they're all of a sudden playing. So I guess where is the level of concern? Like I scoffed at people before the season that said the Bills aren't a playoff team. We're sitting here more than halfway through the season, and they're not. They're not playing like a playoff team, Ryan. Like, this isn't this isn't how it's supposed to look when you paid your quarterback and you built all this talent around him. And, like, I get it. There's injuries and, and all that. But, you know, this is a what's supposed to be a proving coaching staff, at least at the head coaching position, you know, five playoff appearances in six years. And for whatever reason, it's not all adding up to success. And it's – the season's not over. I agree with Josh Allen from that perspective. They've done this before. They were seven and six, right? Uh, after 13 games. But we're trending in a very, very bad direction with a schedule that's only getting tougher. Yeah. So my panic level is extremely high in terms of winning the AFC East. I don't see that. Uh, I don't necessarily see that happening because of, like you said, the cakewalk for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the fact that the Bills have such a tough slate ahead, unless this team can knock off some of these legit AFC uh, and NFC contenders in that stretch of time, then they're just going to continue to fall back uh, from the Miami Dolphins because, like you said, there's a lot of winnable games unless the Dolphins just absolutely implode. Uh, but you can still find a way in. You can still find a wild card route into this uh, playoff. So that's going to probably that might just be the path. That's not a sure thing either the way that they're playing right now. Christopher Diamato over on YouTube. I'd rather ensure with the, the um, super chat. Thank you very much. If you're watching on YouTube late at night with us, um, thank you so much. It's been a long day, Ryan. They, yeah. These sometimes these road night games are even longer because on the road, like you know, you wake up, you got I kind of came down to the stadium for Buffalo kickoff live at eleven, then went back and kind of just hung out for a while, and it's like it just turns into a super long day. I am just absolutely whipped. Uh, so I appreciate all of you who are probably exhausted and pissed off uh, hanging out with us uh, late here on an early Monday morning. Christopher asks, I'd rather, or says, I'd rather ensure the happiness of Josh and Stefan than ensure the mediocrity of Sean and Ken. Wasting Josh and mishandling Stefan is far more damaging than firing those coaches, playoffs or not. You know, the challenging part, and I know that I thought, I probably sound like, and thank you, Chris, for, for the super chat. The problem is, what's the path to changing it in season? Is it 
giving handing the reins over to Joe Brady? Is it handing the reins over to Aaron Cromer potentially? Uh, maybe that would be the better path because he did it in New Orleans and probably had a little bit more success than Brady had in Carolina. I don't know if we spend enough time talking about the dynamic at quarterback coach and, you know, this era of Josh Allen that, that Joe Brady has come into like Ken Dorsey came in when Brian Dayton was the offensive coordinator and had to be very in the weeds with helping to like craft who he is as a player. Whereas Brady is like, it's almost like a maintenance job, right? Like he's this elite player. He's so good um, that at times I feel like it's set it and forget it. And so I'm, I don't know if he's necessarily the right guy that if you were to at some point make a change, put him in. And I don't even know if that's necessarily the answer with where they're at in this season. Do you, with the system that they run, do you really want to be another play caller removed from the guy whose system they're running? And nobody really on the staff other than Ken Dorsey has a link to that, that, that system. Yeah, no, that's exactly it, Matt. And, and listen, I feel like everyone's seats are getting a little bit warmer there and, and, and listen, Sean McDermott signed an extension this off season. Uh, it would have to be a total implosion for anything to happen there. But then you look at the offense, I think Ken Dorsey's seat's gotten hotter uh, there might be a scapegoat in this, and it could end up being a Joe Brady, which I don't know why it would fall. Can I interrupt you for a second? Huh? Can I interrupt you for a second? No. Because I have time and it's late at night. Jason says Perino isn't even a fan of this team. Looks at it as his job. Well, actually, Jason, I don't look at it as my job. I have pay stubs to prove that it is my job. That's number one. Watch episode one of Sales House. I highly recommend it. It's a great watch. Who cares what this clown Ah, thanks. Maybe that's what he was going for. You do, Jason, because you're watching my show. Thank you. Go ahead, Ryan. All right. Going back to that, you know, I, I don't know what the move is, but some of the comments tonight, Josh Allen saying, well, that was just part of our game plan. I don't think he was necessarily throwing Ken Dorsey under the bus there, uh, but it's concerning when your quarterback is, is just kind of, he makes a comment like that. And then Sean McDermott, yeah, I don't know why it took so long to go into the up-tempo. I feel like the seat is getting very warm for Ken Dorsey. I don't know if they would make a move in season because of, like you said, who takes the keys. I guess if you keep spiraling in a downward trend, uh, you let him go and maybe you let to see what it would look like with Joe Brady. Joe Brady could maybe play to the strengths of Allen being the quarterback's coach, knowing what he likes the most and what he doesn't uh, in this system or – you know, version of whatever your system would be, but there is no quick fix here. If the bills were to make a change in the off season, uh, I would like to think that there would be a lot of offensive minded coaches lining up at the door to be the offensive coordinator for this team. Uh, And I wouldn't mind the bills going with the innovative route of a younger coach, but then it kind of puts you back at square one of what's this going to look like? Is, Is this the next guy? Because for every great young offensive mind in this league, whether it's a head coach, offensive coordinator, or whatever. Uh, there are also guys that come into these jobs and they're just not quite ready either. More so than the play caller. I also think there's a, there's potential here to let Josh Allen 
take the next step in his development or his evolution. You know, you look at some of the great play call or the great quarterbacks of all time, and a lot of them could kind of dictate things themselves, like on the field. Like, what's the one thing that we've heard about Josh Allen going back to his rookie year? How smart he is, right? How he's able to run Tom Brady's system because he's so smart. The best, the best he's looked this year is when he's calling the shots out there and he's just going fast and he's just not thinking too much and just reacting and playing football. But I also think that because you're in the feel of the game, there's an opportunity to maybe lean into some of the more simpler things. They they talk about wanting to be simpler. Well, maybe the, the simplicity comes from taking away the structure that's been there with Ken and letting Josh kind of dictate it himself um, with, with, with a basic plan for the drive. You know, like I think that, right. okay, this is what we're trying to accomplish with this drive. This is the kind of stuff that we usually do in this situation. Read the defense and, and you kind of be the point guard out there and, 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 and push it that way instead of every play going up to going to the, to, to the buzzer and getting the call down from Ken relaying it in the huddle, like go out there and cook a little bit free play freely. Um, I, I think Josh is smart enough to do that. Um, it seems like they're hesitant to really lean into that. And I don't know if that's a pride thing. I don't want to accuse Ken Dorsey of that. Um, I, I think that there's a structure that they, they follow, but they got to try something different. And to me, the most damning thing that was said today was Sean McDermott, like kind of like saying, Oh yeah, it did look like we were having some success when they went up tempo late in the game. I'll have to look at that. It's like, haven't you been looking at that? Like for the <laughs> yeah. last couple of weeks? I mean, everybody's been pounding the table on social media about this. I mean, pretty casual fans can kind of sense that that's happening. Uh, and sometimes I know he says things to just deflect and get to the Monday press conference. And, you know, that's where things tend to heat up a little bit more because a lot of it is, you know, he can be pressed in those moments and, and we'll have those exchanges. And, you know, Jerry Sullivan did it so well where it becomes contentious and it, it's good for like the, um, the narrative um, building after the game, right? But what really needs to happen is tomorrow, once he gets a chance to dive into this, is to then follow up and ask, why didn't you have answers? Why didn't you do it the way that it seemed so simple for you to do in the moment in the game? Yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of the structure with Josh Allen, if the structure is not working right now, which is clearly not, a change needs to be made in terms of maybe letting him uh, call things up at the line, letting him have a little bit more say in what's going on, and, and it might be for the betterment of this team. When it comes to McDermott, uh, tomorrow's presser should be interesting in terms of what he ended up seeing on on the film, what he has for us update-wise in that regard, uh, but also some of the questions he's going to have to handle because, again, this is a 5-4 and four team. This is a team that had lofty expectations going into this season, and they have not come close to those expectations on one side of the ball especially, and it's the side that's been rather healthy overall and shouldn't be struggling the way that they are. Um, final point for me, McKenzie, Beasley, Crowder out. Sherfield, Hardy, and I think you'd have to throw Kincaid in, right? Um, but let's take him out for a second. Let's go with receiver. It's the same results, Ryan. Like 
Deontay Hardy at $5 million this season is invisible in this offense. And the one play that they did, the, the, the shot that they took down the field, it's, you know, it, it felt forced. It felt like there were options underneath that Josh didn't even really look at because he was trying to push the ball down the field. And again, and he kind of alluded to that Josh did in his post press conference when he talked about this is a team filled with great defense. They don't players. They don't take a lot of chances. And so I don't know, man, like at some point you have to just turn the page from saying what you're supposed to do and just do what you're supposed to do. So I yeah. put some of this on Josh, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the interception, the the, the trying a deep ball. It's one thing to throw the ball downfield when you have a guy that was open, but there was no separation on that play. Uh, the defensive back was running right with Hardy. So it's one thing to try it when you think he has a step, but he really didn't look like he did at that point in time. There were some other decisions where maybe Allen's not throwing to the right player. There are other guys that are open that uh, he should take that shorter area and let them get the yards after the catch. So, he is not without fault. He deserves some of the blame as well. Uh, but for me, it, it's definitely shifting more to the coaching than to the execution at this point uh, because we, we're seeing some success now when they're going up-tempo, when they're running things a certain way. And it's just a matter of not letting them get into, again, a word that we're both kind of sick of hearing, that rhythm, and, and letting them kind of find their way, so to speak. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, all right. That is going to do it for me and for Ryan. Uh, I'm here at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. We will have your regular regular coverage this week. Uh, we'll get a view of the Bengals at some point, hopefully this week. I'm working on some other stuff as well. Uh, we'll be we'll have our staple show on Wednesday. Um, I appreciate everybody, even Jason, uh, with his hating little behind. Uh, in the chat. It's all good, Jason. Uh, I'm sorry I broke your heart with the fan comments. It's just, it's the truth, man. Uh, I cover this team uh, and I want to try to bring you unbiased coverage as Ryan does. And right now they're not getting the job done. And it's, uh, you know, it, they've proven an ability to get out of a funk before, but time is a wasted. And so we'll see how they uh, find a find a way to do it if they can. Start your slider Sunday next week before the Monday night game. Uh, start your winning streak with Kings Hawaiian this football season. Earn rewards to redeem for free product, brand swag, and tailgating gear. And then visit the Tops Deli section and look for the Bright Kings uh, Hawaiian display to scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes. Visit topsmarkets.com slash slider Sunday for slider recipes. All right, Ryan, final word. Yeah, final word. Bill's Mafia will be with you all week. We'll have you covered. Uh, but right now, this is not looking like a playoff team. The Bills have to come up with some answers and quickly. See you on Wednesday, everybody, at the latest, earliest, maybe Tuesday. Take care. Uh, have a great week. Great week.